All right, welcome back, everybody. We're here for another episode of Total CEO. I am Vinny Fisher, the founder and CEO of Fully Accountable. You can check us out at fullyaccountable.com. But I have a special guest on the line here today uh, on our show, Aaron, Aaron Walker. Welcome to the show, bud. Hey, Vinny. Thanks for having me on, buddy. I really appreciate it. Hey, so Aaron, you know, we're talking to business owners, right? The show is always filled with people at different stages, anywhere from, you know, somewhere in the depth of their startup all the way up to exploding it with their hair on fire and not sure if their wife will even like consider them married. Right <laughs> right, so, and everything in between. Right. Um, so before we dive into a bunch of that and help that community, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Let me give you just for context about a 30,000 foot overview. I don't want to make this interview about me. I want to make it no, about no, no, all this, this interview. Aaron, I want to stop you right now. I'm going to stop you a lot when we get a little stop off me. the path. This show, this particular episode is all about you. Okay. So I'm going to stop you right there. Along the way, this is a live show. So we're going to have links and things. I'm going to stop you and say, where do I find you again? Our, cool. You will feed. You're, I already, our group is going to love you. So don't. You need to just stop that right there. This show is about you today, Aaron. Come on, Vinny. Let's All go. Right. So let's right, hear about you. Here's the deal, man. I'm a native Nashvilleian. I yep. started out at 13 years old working in a local pawn shop in Nashville. Fell in love with the business. Decided at 15 years old that's what I was going to do professionally. Went to summer school, night school for 18 months. Had enough credits to graduate at the beginning of my junior year of high school. Started working every day. Fell in love with the business. I didn't have any money though, Vinny, so there was a problem. It's like I had none. Like we lived in a $6,500 house, nice. in which we later lost in bankruptcy because my dad was not a good businessman. Great man, just not a good businessman. They went in a dollar, came out a nickel. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. So what I had to do is find some money. So I found a couple of guys in Nashville. They own the 21st largest insurance agency in the country at the time. This was in the 70s. And I went to him and said, listen, why don't we take your money and my experience and open a pawn shop? And they started laughing. They said, how old are you? And I said, I'm 18. He said, how much experience could you have at 18? I said, five years. I've been here. I know this business and we can do it. Make a long story short, they agreed to do it. They said, we're going to go to the bank, sign a note, and you're going to be on the note. And I said, hold on, time out right here. I've never signed a note. I don't know what you're talking about. They said, we've got the money to give you, but we want you on the hook. So we're going to go to the bank, sign the note. And I'm like, okay, let's sign it. I got nothing to lose. I got nothing they can come and get. So let's do it. Two weeks out of high school, I marry Robin, my wife now of 37 years. I said, Robin, we can't screw this up. We cannot mess it up. We may never get this chance again. So we worked really, really hard, Benny, in this business. Instead of taking the 10 years to pay the 150000 off, we did it in three years. Nice. We poured all the money back in. So now we're- And, and so your core starting business was a pawn shop? Yep. And then how long did you have that? Yeah, well, over a period of 27 years. So wow. Wow. In and out. So, so you were like we, the Nashville pawn king. I was. You were the pawn I star of the Music City Of capital. Nashville, Tennessee. Right. I wish right. I'd have thought of that show. I could have made a lot more money a lot faster. But anyway. Hey, so what are you doing now? So now I'm a life coach and business coach. We've owned 12 businesses. We sold the business at 27 years old to a Fortune 500. Nice. We had four stores at the time. I re retired for 18 months, got fat and lazy. My wife said, it's time to go back to work. I bought the pawn shop I started with, right? When I was 13, we grew it four times the size it was. And here's minute, where, this is post-retirement? Yeah. 
After right. I was 27, I went back right. and the pawn shop I started with. I got bored, fat and lazy. There was nothing, no reason for me to get up. I didn't have any purpose. Yeah. Like, what was I going to get up for? What was I going to do? So I was taking naps in the middle of the day. Robin woke me up. She goes, you can only watch not, the prices right so many this times. This is not right? what I signed up for. I tell everybody it was Andy Griffith, you know, you <laughs> so I go back, do that for 10 years, work three days a week. My partner works the other three days. We do that for a decade. I'm headed to work August 1st, 2001. A guy named Enrique was crossing the street, four lane highway to catch a city bus. Didn't look my way. And I ran over and killed a pedestrian. And my life come to a screeching halt that day. I might literally stopped. I don't know if you've ever been involved, Vinny, in a really bad, horrific accident of any kind, but your life literally slows down to like slow speed, slow motion. Well, I've never personally killed somebody, so I can't yeah. relate. I can uh, sit here and provide. Yeah. I, don't, I really can't even actually. My, you can't. You can't identify with it. I can't. Right? So you've been there. So here's what happened. He lived three days in the Vanderbilt trauma unit here in Nashville. And they called me on a Saturday morning. They said, you know, I'm sorry to be the barrier of bad news, but Enrique didn't make it. He was 77 years old. We found out later he just couldn't see good. He just didn't see me. Ah. And ran, ran out in front of me. So I said, Robin, I've been working since I was 13. I'm 40 at the time. And I said, I'm done. I, I'm selling out. So we sold the business. And For I the second time. Second time. All right. I'm done. And we traveled. For the next five years, we went everywhere. I built a new house, kind of had a change of environment, a little change of pace. And I had to pray for God's grace, you know, because you don't get over that stuff. God gives you the grace to learn to deal with it. And that's what that's he did right. for me. But it took about five years of counseling and working through it. So Robin wakes me up from a nap for the second time, says, you're getting fat and lazy again. Time to go back to work. So I entered into an agreement with the guy that had built my house built a beautiful new home. So I loved your work. Why don't we take your experience and my money and resources and grow this business? He agreed. And we took it to number one general contractor in middle Tennessee, three consecutive years. Yeah. Beautiful business. I turned 50 about six years later. And I said, I'm done this time forever. Robin said, I've retired more than the law allows. So I retired. A couple of my buddies said, what are you going to do now? And they said, you've tried this twice before. It didn't work out well for you. What are you going to do? And I said, nothing. I'm going to retire. I'm going to fish and hunt. And they said, you're not going to do that. My buddy, Dan Miller, 48 days to the work you love. He looked at me and he said, you won't last 90 days. Well, Dave Ramsey is one of the mastermind participants. And I've been in, you know, Dave and I've been friends since 1995. I was his second sponsor. He was on one radio station. He gave me advertising to try him. And I spent the next 21 years as his sponsor and advertiser on his show. So he and I are pretty thick. And he said, why don't you come do Entree Leadership Mastery Series? Let's see how you enjoy coaching. You know, it's funny. I, uh, a friend of mine and I, we went and did that. I had a couple uh, intimate opportunities with your dear friend. And great, yep. great thing they've got going over there with that yeah. Entree Leadership. And is Crystal yeah. running that stuff and all that for him? That was really great stuff they got going. Yeah, they, they've got a great organization. Yeah. A lot of people go through there now. The only yeah. difference between me going through there and you going through there is you paid ten grand. I didn't pay anything. It you know, fortunately for me, I had a really dear client and friend who – Oh, cool wanted me to experience it and so i would have paid for it except for he did so i didn't I was pay messing with you. yeah dave dave said hey i'm gonna gift it to you well here's the thing benny i loved it it was like amazing and so i went and did innovate with dan miller and dan is a friend of mine for 20 years also 
he texted me on the way home. We all live here in Nashville, not too far apart. And he said, Aaron, he said, the people at your table were leaning in, listening to your stories. Nice. He said, you've got all this business experience. You and Robin have got a hugely successful marriage. Why don't you coach? So I started coaching, started getting on podcasts. My business blew up. And now, like I said, we have national and international clients. Eight mastermind groups I facilitate on a weekly basis. I'm having the time of my life. So there's 38 years, man, in five minutes. So, so the view from the top is the is kind of the whole yep, the whole is. organization. Yeah, view from the top is the name of the parent company, and we have what's called Iron Sharpens Iron. Just as one man sharpens another, right? As iron sharpens iron. Amen. And that's what we do in the mastermind. All right, cool. So if people wanted to find you, they just go to viewfromthetop.com. Correct. And if they wanted to learn more about your mastermind groups and all that good stuff, they can find that there? It's all there. All right, cool. So tell me, what is, you know, I believe wholeheartedly in masterminds. You know, we have one, a total CEO, and I've been part of a handful of them. And I just, I'll tell you, how else do you iron sharpen iron unless you're one of the irons helping to yeah. sharpen some iron, right? right? Amen, yeah, right? So right. let me ask you a question. What do you think? when you actually look back and take a deep breath on those eight groups, what are the, some of the prevailing themes that you see happening among men and women who are at the leadership level of their, of their company? Yeah. Here's what happens, Vinny, inevitably is that we keep moving the bar and we mm -hmm. think that stuff is going to scratch the itch. Nothing wrong with stuff. Listen, I'm not the guy that says money's not important. I want to go, you liar. Let's take it away from you and see how important it is. It's hugely important, right? But don't make it your God. Don't make it the central focus. Don't make it the only reason you're doing what you're doing because you'll burn out and there's never enough, right? I've had the stuff, the beach house, the house in the mountains, the big house on the hill, I've had all that stuff. It's nice. I enjoy, it. I love taking nice trips, driving nice cars. I like giving money away and all that. But at the end of the day, you've got to have a purpose, right? You've got to have passion to accompany that purpose. You've got to be but able to What do you mean up. by keep moving the bar? Yeah. People keep saying, you know, hey, one store, if I can get two stores, I'll be twice as happy in three stores and four stores. If I can make just 50 more thousand dollars, then I'll be happy. If I can just get the mortgage paid off, then I'll have it made. If I can just get the kids out of the house, then I'll have this money. If I can just do. Yeah. You know, I've come to, not, I've been around not as long as you, you know, I got to respect my elders here, Aaron, but. Careful yeah. now about the elder stuff. But, ah. yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but I've come to not believe in the concept of happily ever after. I don't think there is such a thing. Right. Yeah. And so when chasing stuff, yeah. you know, us entrepreneurs, we have a gap. You know, I set out to lose 25 pounds. I lost 20 and I was a loser. Yeah. Right. right? right. That's what you're talking about, right? You're sure. There's not enough to it. Yeah. So, what do you, what do you find, what do people resonate? What can we tell our community here? What do you res, what do people resonate with as, as a, as some information that stops them in their tracks yeah. and has them heading in a more purposeful filled direction that leads to peace and joy with, with not continually raising the bar? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. It's proven statistically that from zero to $70,000 money makes a big difference in your life. Yeah. Basic needs, right? Right. But once you get past that, it's almost not even measurable, right? Once it gets past that, you get that new car and it's like, oh, that feels good for three or four days. And then it's like back. You keep looking for something to scratch that itch. But here, when you change somebody's life, when you're significant to somebody else, that doesn't go away. 
right? You continually lift up, encourage, edify, take people to places they've never been, introduce them to people, let them have an experience that only you can help with. Now we've got purpose. Now we've got meaning. Now we've got a reason that you're here. How is your life better as a result of having known me? See, what I experienced after the wreck was, is I felt guilty. I was like, what would my legacy be? My legacy would have been a poor kid from Nashville, Tennessee, retires at 27, had a beach house and had a little bit of money. Yeah, nobody right. cares. Nobody cares. Well, I'll tell you this, nobody will remember. Nobody cares. Right? Well, let me tell you a quick story. My dad never made over $15,000 a year in his life. Ever, okay? He used to work for me in one of my companies part-time. He'd come in, he'd work for me. My dad was my best friend. He was a horrible business person. Horrible. When did he pass away? 2006. Okay, sorry about so, that. At the funeral, we're standing there. The doors open at 2.30, right? At 2 o'clock, the line starts forming. Now, this is an important story. If you don't hear anything about my story, I want you to hear this. So, at 2 o'clock, the line starts to form. And uh, it was an hour and a half wait hmm. to get through the line. For six and a half hours, the line was to the parking lot of the funeral home. So I stood there six and a half hours greeting people, paying their condolences. And from 15 years old to 75 years old, people, tears running down their face saying, let me tell you what your dad did for me. Let me tell you how your dad helped me move. Let me tell you how your dad encouraged me. Let me tell you how your dad did this. Not one person in six and a half hours said, your dad had a nice boat, a nice car, a nice house. It was all about the relationship. Well, he and didn't have any of those things, but that's evidence of a life, of a life well lived, right? Nobody cared about his stuff. It right. was just the relationship piece, right? And actually, he did have those things. Okay. I thought maybe because he wasn't good at business, he actually just continually was a cycle. Well, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it ended up okay. All but right, anyway, cool. so as a result, though, nobody still cared. See, yeah, my right. point is, is all they cared about was the relationship. But here's the thing, Vinny, let me ask you a question. If that's so important, why don't we spend 95% of our time trying to get more stuff? Well, I think the Lord's given us a desire to acquire. It's part of, you know, we have this internal conflict that we think the accomplishment of things adds value to our lives. We have the equation wrong, right? So we're going to, we're, we're a fallen person who, you know, believes that somehow we're in charge of this thing, right? If we, if we know that, we can change. You can't change your personality, but you can change your behavior. Hmm. What happened to me is on August 1st, 2001, I came to this realization of life is so fragile. It can be taken from us instantly, right? And what is your legacy going to be? Your legacy, could it be the similar of what mine? And I elected to make a choice to change. And here's what's happened. Here's what the cool thing is has happened. Yeah. As a result of being more significant to people, we spend 20 to 25% of our time doing endorsements, reaching out, encouraging, making introductions, helping other people. I promote people all the time that I believe in that have done nothing for me. And I'm twice as successful financially now as I've ever been. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Right? You know, I, I love that. I mean, I think if you go first, right? My, one of my core philosophies is to go first. You know, in my world, I'm a trusted advisor. We teach trusted advisors. We do the whole thing. My whole premise to everybody is go first, right? You have to earn trust and you just go first, right? And right. I do that by serving people with no expectation in return. I love right. what advice you're giving there. That You have a business called Interview Valet. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And it started by accident, quite honestly. Right. Uh, 
two and a half years ago, some, a person suggested that I start doing podcast interviews. And I wasn't even familiar with podcast interviews at the time. And they said, you need to get on. So fortunately, I was able to get on John Lee Dumas, Entrepreneur on Fire. Great. First I show. was on that show. Good show. Yep. Yeah. I've been on it four times now. All right. Uh, he's invited me back. Two people out of 1,800 interviews have been on there four times. Nice. He's put me at number five in his top 10. So it's really been good for our business. And we've remained in the top 10 now for two years. Uh, it was an amazing show. Well, that opened up all kinds of doors. I'm just shy of 400 interviews in 30 months now. And the return is amazing. The people that see these interviews is incredible. Well, we started perfecting uh, the way to do these interviews. We now certify the guests. We do their landing pages. We do their lead magnets. We do their social media marketing. We give them the equipment to do a good interview that sounds good. Nice. We, we schedule the appointment. We send reminders. It's called a concierge white glove service. So we do everything for the person. All they got to do is show up and do the interview. Well, we've got some amazing people, authors. So how does somebody um, find you? If they wanted to just go to interviewvalet.com? That's it. All right, cool. Yeah, and check it out. And then they can hire your, you have a full kind of white glove service on that to do the they whole do thing They do nothing but the interview. We do everything else. We make the introduction. We schedule the appointment. We train them. We do all the lead pages. We do everything. Nice. That's yeah. fun. Yeah. Well, that's a great service. There are people now, is that mostly for people? Cause that, that wouldn't certainly be for a service. Like for, we have total CEO. That'd be for me wanting to be on other shows, right? Correct. It would be, here's the thing though, for podcast host, yep. we provide guests for free to the host. We vet them. We train them. We schedule it. They don't have to do anything with the interview. It's free to you. Plus we do an affiliate for podcast host. If you send me a guest and they sign up for my services, you get 10% affiliate in perpetuity. Cool. Love it. It's a way to monetize. So it's well, a win. Hopefully, win our people, you know, hopefully you and I like each other enough. I mean, right. why wouldn't you like someone as good looking as me? I know. I, I know. That, you got hair. I don't I mean, even have hair. So. <laughs> well, hey, listen. So what, let me ask you a couple hard questions. What was the hardest part for you and Robin while you were dealing with the guilt of that, of that death? Yeah, well, obviously the hardest part for me personally was uh, is somebody's dad, is somebody's husband, you know, somebody's grandfather. If I had been doing something that had caused that, I don't know that I would have gotten over it. And I even did a Facebook Live two weeks ago that challenged people not to use their devices while they're driving. And I even oh, I see what you're saying. Back then, you know, we we wouldn't we didn't really weren't ingrained with the iPhone. But what you're saying is like. It Any just happened. Had it been of yeah. gross negligence of yours sure. that you think sure. that maybe you might, sure. wouldn't have been delivered from it? Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm just saying I don't know how I would have gotten over looking at my phone and texting, yeah. you know, to Jet's Pizza, hey, I'm ordering a pizza, or to my kids, hey, you know, yeah, you can go swimming and run over and kill somebody because I'm distracted. So I, hey, challenge I would say them. this, just to throw out as a thing, it's the same, right? I mean, I think one is uh, obviously behavior that is going to bring a lot more regret attached to it. But, you know, grieving in the, re in the process of, of working through it, I don't know if recovery other than the other right. side of it exists. Right. It's the same, right? I mean, right. one's just going to be, a, I think, going to have a longer journey attached to it. Well, if you ever get over it, if you cause it, right? Especially something you could have mm. done without, right? So now I'm, I'm I put you there. the phone in the console. How would you like, here's what I titled it. 
I'm sorry, I killed your son. How would you like to have that conversation with somebody because you're distracted texting or on Facebook or doing something with your device and you're driving a car 70 miles an hour down the road? So you kill one of my grandkids, we got a real problem, right? Or I kill your son because I'm texting on the phone. And so the challenge was, you wouldn't believe any of the people that emailed me back Mm. or Facebook messaged me or said, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm guilty, guilty, guilty. You ride down the road and look now, I almost got hit head on this morning coming to work. Somebody's on their phone. They're in my lane on a two lane road back where I live. So it's, it's epidemic. It it really is. We're addicted to our phones. We got to be careful. Totally agree with you. To answer your question, that was the hardest part is like learning to accept the fact that it was an accident and get over it. And then you got to pick yourself up and move on or or you could lay there. And that's part of my book. I've got a new book out called View from the Top. And in the book, I talk about overcoming these kind of hurdles. And the title in the book is called Blindsided. Any of us can be blindsided at any moment, right? Yeah. Let's do some smart things that would prevent some of those things from happening. One of them is that. So the grieving process was the most difficult for Robin and I. It's just hard to get over those things. Yeah, and so, you know, when, when if you didn't ask for that, you didn't wake up that morning thinking, you know, I'm gonna destroy my life, yeah. you know? But, so when you think back and how you guys, do you still deal with it now? Yeah, it, it comes, you know, especially when people are crossing the street. Like it mm. really, you know, it's like you slow down a lot more. You pay attention a lot more. You're a lot more cautious. You pass these bicyclers. You pass kids riding in their driveway on their bicycles. And you pass people walking in the street or kids. Yeah, I do. I, I, do. I don't know they will ever get over that. Where are you feeling the most fulfilled right now? Yeah, helping ordinary men become extraordinary. And we do that in our mastermind groups. We help men every day overcome all kinds of addictions. We help men to double and triple their businesses. We help men be better husbands, better dads. We coach life in its entirety. The reason I can teach you how to make money, right? I mean, we can make more money, but you can't have another family. You only get one go through, right? Hopefully, hopefully. You can, yeah, but you can, yeah, you can yeah. come home with a pocket full of money to a house full of strangers if you're not careful. Yep. And I don't want people being wealthy and not knowing their wife or not knowing their little girl's Sunday school teacher or not knowing anything about her ballet or not knowing anything about baseball practice, right? You made a lot of money. Well, who cares, right? Nobody cares. Those kids have a memory. Your office doesn't. And so I just really teach people how to put the big rocks in first, how to prioritize your priorities. Cool. What's, uh, what's next? Like, so you got all these things going. What, what do you see as the next turn? Yeah, the next thing that's going to go on is we're going to continue to grow Iron Sharpens Iron. We have facilitators now that we're bringing on that have been under my leadership and direction for a number of years. We're going to do revenue share with those guys. We're going to continue to grow the the, uh, Iron Sharpens Iron under my leadership, under their direction on a weekly basis. And we're going to grow it from inside out. And so we have a very regimented theme. We have books we study, accountability tools we use. We have what's called man in the middle where guys come in. We focus, hyper-focus on you, and we solve your problems. We hold you accountable. Man, that sounds intense. Man in the middle. Very, very. Yeah, that's very intense. intense. Yeah, I tell people if they've got a thin backbone, don't apply because (laughs) we get it done. Uh, well, I, I can tell, I don't think anybody's going to be confused by watching this program that you aren't an intense fella. I don't think yeah. we're going to, I don't think you've been accused of being a sluggard, right? No, I tell people, if you want to feel warm and fuzzy, go buy yourself a puppy. 
right? <laughs> if you want to get it done, join Iron Sharpens Iron, you'll get it done. It's you know, amazing what's happened. That's, that's awesome. And so you keep saying men. Is most of your ministry men? 100%. 100%. Uh, we, we just deal with men, nothing against women. Yep. Men are the market because uh, I can't talk to uh, men like I need to if there's women present. Men deal with things women don't. Just like women deal with things men don't, and yep. we get in there. Listen, the best thing I can do for women is to make your man a great husband and a great dad. Yeah, and, good for you. And we, and we do that. That that's really amazing. You know what's uh what's a bit of a life significance, right? So uh, your tagline is living a life of significance, and so that's the book you got coming out, right? That's the tagline of your book, this sure. view from the top, right? So sure. sure. What uh what what bit of wisdom can we give some of our men today listening about this life of significance? You already said you know, do something or be purposeful. But I, I want to like, what's a, I always love on this show, I try to give one thing. If this person never watches you or me again, but they watch this show and the Lord led them to this show, what's one thing you want this guy to hear today? I want them to carve out 20% of their time for the benefit of others and not themselves. Mm. And you have to be very intentional to do that. We literally have spreadsheets to where we'll go through intentional and we'll send documents, we'll help, we'll intentionally call people, we'll do emails, we'll do video endorsements. I'll get on and people I believe in for months and even years, I'll promote them. No expectations, don't ask for anything. And as a result of that, people have learned that you're a giver and not a taker yeah. and they want to help you. It's just the natural reciprocity that comes back, but we have it back. What we do is we spend 99% of our time looking for the benefit of ourselves rather than others. And then nobody wants to be around you. Nobody wants to help you. Nobody wants to introduce you. Maybe that's the problem I'm having, Aaron. Maybe I need to focus outward more on other people. You do. You do. Because the natural reciprocity, everybody then wants to help you. We can't even answer all the emails that we get of the introductions that people, because we spend 20, 25% of our time for the benefit of others. That's what significance is. Success is about yourself. Significance is about others. Now, I, I'll tell you, that is, that is about my favorite thing I've heard today. And so, I mean, I've heard some pretty good things today. What, uh, what's, the, what's, uh, what's the thing that you are um, needing the, the, to give the most attention, not struggling, but uh, where you need some more improvement? Yeah, I guess it would be to develop the systems and processes to put in place to scale iron sharpens iron. We have a great guy named Scott Beebe. He owns my business on purpose and he's a mission, vision, values guy. He develops processes and systems and we brought him on recently as a team member. He's on now. He's helping us get that. But there's a lot of undertaking underlying things that you have to do in order to do because it's become a movement. Nice. It really has become a movement because people are understanding, they're seeing it, they're hearing it. Now, is they, that ironsharpeniron.com? No, you go to viewfromthetop.com. Okay, so it's a sub, yep. it's a sub entity it inside of View yep. from the Top. Okay. It is. Right. And so what I'm saying is, is that we have to get all the systems in place in order for it to be, you know, a, a national and international brand. Yeah. Okay. And so that'll be a ministry of men helping men. Yeah, we, it is somewhat of a ministry. It's for profit. It's not a not for profit. Hey, I, I yeah. didn't say you can't make yeah. money out of it. Yeah. I didn't yeah. say that's, a, that's you adding some extra to there, but you, sure. your sure. ministry, you feel called to help men oh, no question, from ordinary and extraordinary. No I question. don't know why the world says we can't make money at that. 
don't know. No, I want you to make a lot of money. That, so I, I don't know you. why the heck. It, you know, we I teach you to make more money, right? Here's the thing. Broke people can't help people financially. And I want people to make a lot of money. We've got guys doubling, quadrupling, you know, their businesses. It is amazing because when you get hyper-focused, right? When you're an inch wide and a mile deep, yep. you really become something. And we help people get on that path. Well, that's great. What can we do for you? What can our audience yep. do for you? You know what they can do for me that would help me immensely? Go to viewfromthetop.com forward slash book. Pre-order my book. And here's two things I do for you. One is you get the book, obviously, and it is chock full of things that I think will help you. I talk to you about overcoming these obstacles. I talk to you about fear missing an opportunity more than you fear failure. My mom raised me with the mantra, can't, couldn't do it, and could, did it all. I talk to you about overcoming bitterness, surrounding yourself with people that can take you to that next level, putting your priorities in the right place so that you can have that view from the top. But I'm doing something pretty special for people because I've been involved in Mastermind so long, I wrote a new book called The Mastermind Blueprint. Seth Godin recently endorsed it. He said, this is amazing. I teach you how to build your own mastermind group, nice. step cool. by step. I'm gonna give you a copy of that book along with five interviews. I interviewed John Lee Dumas, Pat Flynn, Dan Miller, Ray Edwards and Lee Cockrell. Lee Cockrell was the VP of operations for Disney. He ran a $175 billion organization. There's some major nuggets in these five interviews. That's awesome. The rest of those four other on. guys are my friends. There I you go. three of those guys. That's yeah. amazing. That's great. Yeah. And uh, I've been on all their shows, uh, some of them numbers of times, and they were kind enough to let me interview them, share them with our community. That's but great. if you'll go to viewfromthetop.com forward slash book, pre-order the book, and we'll get all that other stuff. Yeah, right. You know, I'll tell you, people would say to me, why would you have a mastermind guy on your show when you have your own mastermind? You know, there are so many men that need help sure. that I want everybody listening to hear me. If you all had an effective way to impact people and you are going to give value yeah. and you did this, I want thousands of these, thousands of these to be out there. And so sure. I'm really excited, Aaron, that you're kind of showing people the way to do them properly. That's, that's awesome. Well, you have an abundance mindset, not a scarcity, and that's going to take you far. You know, I'll tell you, I, I've been around the opposite. And I, yeah. I had a dad, uh, he passed away last year, that oh, sorry. just uh, you know, didn't know how to, to do business and all those things. And he struggled in certain areas of his life. But, you know, his mother was an angel to me. And I always, she just like, you can do this. Like, what's it matter yeah. if another guy's doing it? Just go do it. And yeah. I, maybe yeah. I'm just not smart as the average guy. And so I just go do things. And then I figure out like someone's right. like, aren't you in a competitive thing? I'm like, Oh, am I? I didn't realize. And so I, I'm, I feel like the only competitive thing you got going is right there. And I, really, I just <laughs> want other people to be helped. I love, that's why I was excited about having you on our show today. Um, Thank you. so we're going to no, help you with the book. Our audience is good. Like, Thanks. I think they'll be all over that. Good. Um, good. So who's an ideal person to go to interview valet? Yeah. Anyone that's got uh, like an author, for example, we'll just use them. There's many, but, uh, authors, we have some people that do uh, real high end financial planning, uh, CPAs, you know, there's numbers of people that have services that they want to provide. Uh, we've just had a guy recently signed up. I can't call his name on here, but, uh, he's an amazing guy. He's got a new book out and he's promoting it 
nationwide. You'll be hearing his interviews. He's an amazing guy. Uh, anyone like that, just contact Tom Schwab. He's my partner. He runs Interview Valet, and he'll be happy to help you. You can reach him at Tom at interviewvalet.com. Yeah, and if and if they if you that'll all be here, all you community, you know how to find those links. And if you don't, you just go to interviewvalet.com, and they can right. stumble their way into it there too, right? Sure. Sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, Aaron, we're going to put a bow on this thing. We've had a great time. I really want to thank you today. Hey, everybody, listen, the only way that I've learned to actually get a real view from the top is to seek mentor, coaching, and advice from someone who's watching and viewing from the top. And my guest today, Aaron, has been that guy. I don't know if you've ever killed somebody, and I'm not being light or terse about that, but that changes you. And for it to be changed in a way, Aaron, where you have decided to double down on men, and I love what you said, helping men go from ordinary to extraordinary. Well, if that's exciting to any of you listening, or that has impacted you in a way that matters, go check out what Aaron's doing at viewfromthetop.com. Aaron, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks, Vinny. Have, have a good one, buddy.